There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yo, 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 folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That is the voice of Grandmaster Hoop coming at you from... I don't even know. I don't know where we are, but guess what? I'm afraid. I think we're all afraid. Just like Bo. That's right, folks. We're here to discuss the new Ari Aster horror psychological thriller slash I don't even know what you want to call it. Bo is afraid. We're talking Bo is afraid, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Um quite a quite a it's a movie. We're here to talk about it. I don't even really know how to introduce this thing, but with me, with me, it's a roller coaster. It's an absolute roller coaster of a film, a movie that can make you laugh like crazy and then just bring you down and make you feel like crap. (laughs) Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, It's Supernova. Dr. Mondo giving us a nice intro to what is Bo is afraid. Uh, Let's see as we discuss whether or not any of those things hold true or if there's a deeper, richer content here. But that's a good start. Well, also here is fellow Yonko, Dr. Jace attorney. Dr. Dr. Jace, uh, any sentiments you share with what Dr. Mondo just said about Bo's Afraid? I, I just want to say it in the accent of uh, the, the forger from... The armorer. The, the forger. She's the forger. Bo is afraid. I just wanted to do that. I, I like that. Oh, I see what you did there. Clever. Oh, right, right. Very um, clever. <laughs> no, this was a this was a great movie. Um, I feel like it won't be everyone's cup of tea, uh, especially with what you may expect from an Ari Oster film. Um, you know, coming in, fr- I call this his trilogy until he makes a fourth movie. Kind of like the Jordan Peele trilogy. Uh, you know, he he hits you over the head with a frying pan with like what he's going to leave his mark on. And that's hereditary. And you're like, damn, this is modern horror. That's what's up. Uh, then he hits you with Midsummer. I can't speak on Midsummer, but I hear great things about Midsummer. And then he comes in with uh, he comes in with Bo is Afraid. Equal parts, like Dr. Mondo was saying, comedy comedy specifically from the absurdity there's a lot of absurdity like not only is it absurd but it's just like oh come on like it's very dark humor and you just like it's you laugh at what's happening because like you kind of pity the characters like oh come on and then it's like oh my god there's a part where i feel almost guilty whenever i laugh at this character and that's i mean I, I think and that's the intent. That's, and uh, honestly, you said you like you said it there. Guilty. Guilt is the premise of the entire movie. Oh, guilt. Oh, oh wow. guilt is a strong central yep. thread throughout it, the film. This I movie mean, is honestly a huge ass guilt trip. How many I think, I, layers? I think there's I think onion. it's well, I think it's a guilt trip on one side. I don't think it's a whole no. 
I think that's one perspective. Well, I mean, we'll get into it, you know, because that's kind of the uh, that's that's one character's leading argument, you know. Um, but I, uh, Doctor Jace alluded to it a little earlier, because this is Ari Aster, uh, came on the scene, uh, whenever Hereditary came out, I think 2014, maybe. 2018 no i'm sorry only 2018 okay, i was about to only, say there's no way yeah only 2018 okay, 2018 um for hereditary and then um midsummer was like a year or two later yeah yeah midsummer 2019 2019 yeah. so it's been uh, what, a four-year hiatus right yeah four years uh are y'all so you haven't seen midsummer I have not seen Midsummer. No, Doctor Mondo, have you seen any Ari Aster films? Uh, I think, yeah, I saw Midsummer, and but like, yeah, like I saw it a while ago, like a while. I didn't see Hereditary. Okay, and Doctor Jace, you oh, did see Hereditary. I did see Hereditary. Interesting. You've seen both. I have. I have seen both. I have seen both, and it's. Uh, I guess it's you know to. Call- to call this a trilogy, I guess. I mean, I, obviously I think, not a trilogy in the yeah, sense yeah, no, of I don't it's mean, not a connected universe. Yes, no, it's not. It's not. Um, but the three films, like you know, he's a horror director at heart. Um, I think, <laughs> yes, there are times where this film can feel like a comedy or a, a dark comedy, for sure. But also, uh, I I don't know. I I look at all three films and I'm like, Hereditary is like a straight up horror. Um, yeah right given that premise it's like it's scary like that movie's hard to watch again for that premise if you've seen midsummer i i think many people find it really horrific because it's very realistic like you can believe what there there are cults out there and there are things they will do that will freak you out and that's pretty much that movie and then this one, I feel, is very much kind of a a horror-esque look into one's psyche. Because uh, as we'll talk about, many things that we see in this film regarding Bo and what he's experiencing. I think this movie makes you question whether or not what you're watching is to be taken literally or figuratively. Uh, and oh, that's, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A and lot I think that's the scary the, part. No, a lot of points in the movie, it's like it because it, it's like this magical realism that there is like throughout the entire movie. It's very like it kind of reminds me a little bit like it, it's grounded in realism, but there is like a lot of fantastical, almost absurd elements. It's, it's very absurd's a good word. Absurd's and, a really and, good and word. If you're, if you're gonna go with like literary pieces that are very similar to this, like Gabriel Garcia Marquez, like a uh, hundred years of solitude, this type of thing. It's like this absurdity, this fantastical world, but there's still like some degree of realism there. And at certain points, you're just like, okay, you're in it for the ride, but you start actually like thinking, okay, maybe like this is maybe not my reality, but this is Bo's reality. This is the way Bo sees the world. It's like, like maybe again, like you go to his neighborhood, which is just like, what the heck is going on there? It's just like crime, depravity, debauchery. Let me, 
Dr. Mono, let me pause you real quick. Um, and then I want you to finish your thought. Uh, if you guys have been listening this far into the pod, I need to emphasize, go in as blind as possible to watch this movie. Don't look up any plot details. Don't look up any reviews. Go in only knowing what the title of the film is. He's afraid. He's very afraid. And I think you're going to, you'll be surprised where the story goes. But Dr. Mondo, go go on with what you were oh, saying. And, and don't listen any further into this pod. Don't listen for, going... yes, yes. Come back. Come back after you've seen Come the movie. after. Uh, but yes, yes. I, I just wanted to throw that out there while, you know, before we get into any specific plot details. But go on. You, you were saying about the, the, uh, the city. No, so yeah, like you see this city that is just, you know, like a crime haven, everything that you picture going wrong with society in a single little, in a single neighborhood. And it's just, it just goes to, you were, you were saying like, that's impossible. Anything it, like this, this cannot be happening. But that is how Bo sees the world. And we're just seeing, like the movie is just us seeing it through his eyes. Although like, how he's experiencing everything. Maybe like a lot of like psychological disorders aside and all that. Um, you know, he like, he's afraid. He's afraid every, everywhere he turns, it's like, oh, they're going to kill this guy. Oh, uh, like, oh, they're going to steal your, they're going to steal your luggage. They're going to do this and that and this. And it's like, he's just afraid. Everything it's, is through his eyes. It's, it's a good comparison to um, anxiety. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a very good, um, comparison to that because like people that are you know that have anxiety they tend to over guess or overthink about the worst case scenarios in certain situations just like Bo in this sense where like you know I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit but we have a little scene where uh he forgets his keys and he's trying to go drink water from the local uh the the dollar store or the corner store and he goes outside and he's thinking, okay, if I leave this phone book here, it'll leave the door open. Hopefully no one goes in. And when he goes to buy the water, he looks over. He's like anxious. The entire city is going into his apartment. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. $1.79. <laughs> and it's like. I'm going to call the police. Like, and it's, it's the absurdity and the anxiety where it's like, that's what he thinks is going to happen. And yeah. in his world, it is happening. It is no, happening. And like, there's certain little details, like in. Look, let me yeah. pause you real quick. Let's just, let's just set up what's going on. What kicks us off? Let's go into this thing and let's peel it back. We meet Bo. I think we meet, let's, yeah, we'll just go. Yeah. We meet Bo. Going to therapy sessions, clearly, yeah, dealing with some anxiety, uh, dealing with some stress. Uh, gets a call. He plans on visiting his mother, uh, who we could tell their relationship is not a-okay. It's not the best. Seems strange. Um, strange. Strange a great word. And um, as you said, he gets his stuff stolen. Um, and therefore, he's going to miss his flight. And from there, his mother freaks out. And then I think a day later, we find out his mother has passed. Uh, a chandelier fell on her head uh, and decapitated her. And so now he's on a journey to go, you know, settle things, 
with his mother's estate. And that's kind of the plot. And that's the here honor. we are moving through here. And I think to go about this, you got to set up your big, your, there's like four major settings in this movie. So the first one is, yes, the city, Bo's apartment, the surrounding neighborhood. And as Dr. Mondo has stated, you know, you're seeing a lot of it through Bo's eyes. Now, at first, I think watching this movie, I don't think you think like that right away. Yeah, because in the therapy session, it it looks very like, yeah, like a normal therapy session. It's when he goes out into the city that you're like, what is this absurdity that's going on here? So watching the movie, I was just like, what is this city he's living? I did not look at it as, oh, this is just in his head until maybe it'll start a little later on in the movie. And in this part, I just find so funny, like, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Sprinting home, sprinting home. Uh, The people trying to get into the apartment. uh. No, and it's just funny. (laughs) It's like, like, it's kind of uh, like the the city, right? It, It looks like everything's on repeat. Yes, yes. It all looks like it's on repeat. Like the guy, the same guy is dancing all the time. Oh my right. God, the dancer. It's so, no. And like they chop this guy's head off that's on the street and it looks like it's been there for God knows how long. And right, the, right. And the police just keep on going back and forth. Back and forth. And then there's that the the, the stab man is out the on the loose. Man, the, the way they describe name, him. Uh, oh, I don't remember like his naked, name. Oh, the, the name was so funny and I can't remember. It no, was like Naked like, McStab or something. Naked McStab or something. But the way they describe him is funny as hell because instead of saying like, oh yeah, he's just this white dude or whatever, is like I said, he is uncircumcised. how they they describe him oh my goodness it's a necessary description so you can identify him i i find this just all this it was funny to watch because and then just yeah looking back it really probably is just that of an anxious mind uh and then (laughs) dr chase pointed out yes that phone book scene where he's uh because he's he's taking meds and well, you know, part of his and like one of the meds says, like, don't take it without water. You must always uh, take it with water. The water. And, and, and he all starts like turned off. He starts like looking, like what's gonna happen? But you know, like it again, like that kind of highlights what happens there because, like, even in the therapy session, it's like. You know, again, the movie, the movie title, Bo is afraid, you know, like, and you're seeing like the anxiety, like he's a, like, he's afraid. Like he even asked his therapist in one little part, I forgot what it was. It's like, oh, um, I, I think it's like, I accidentally like swallowed mouthwash or something. And it's like, will something happen to me? It's like, it, like, again, he's afraid. He, It's like, he's guilt. Like, again, he's guilty that he did that. Like, and you kind of go a lot of the times it's like he feels like afraid and guilty it's all these emotions and you're seeing you're seeing how he sees the world because of those emotions and from at least there, the first scene no 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 i think yeah it definitely this one this first act let's call it the first act it's a three-hour film definitely sets up very much kind of his worldview um you know his uh He's worried about the mouthwash, worried about not drinking it with water. Um, and then goodness. Um, okay. And then 
obviously this is from his point of view but then we have scenes with the intruder in his home who he would not help before in this scene again i think the movie ari aster does a really good job of what is real and what is not the dude is hanging from the ceiling of his back <laughs> help me help me, help me. He, no and he's just like looking there like what the hell do i do yeah you know what what makes this comedy work uh there's a word there's a word for this style of comedy um and it's used a lot in like uh shows like south park um trey parker and matt stone they're really good at this and they they had like a whole spiel about what type of comedy they home in on for south park and it's it, it's it's something very simple it's like the way they tell their stories what makes you know some south park episodes really really funny is that Everything is a consequence of something that happened previously. Yeah, you know, everything when you, is connected. <clears throat> right. When you start from point A, you see the connections and the dominoes that make you end up uh, somewhere at point Z or point Y at the end of it all. And I like this because every from the moment you meet Bo, everything that he does and everything that happens to him, it it results in in the next scene happening and you get it in the first five minutes but like when Bo goes upstairs and he goes to sleep he's gonna go for his flight to visit his mother the next morning uh there's loud music playing uh or no no i'm sorry i'm sorry there's someone under uh giving him notes underneath his door say can you turn your music down can you please turn it down and so obviously Bo's not playing music but because of that, the person next door, the neighbor, plays his music very loudly. That causes Bo to oversleep. He can't get any sleep. So he sleeps in. Oh no, I woke up too late. My flight leaves in an hour. Now he's anxious. Now he's running around trying to put his stuff together. And then he forgets his keys in the door. Because he forgot his keys, he can't go see his mother. Because he can't go see it. Like everything is a result of something else. And I, I absolutely love that about the movie. Th that's what yeah. made everything like, funnier because it's just a domino effect. It's yes. a long domino effect. The movie is a long domino effect. That is so true. It's And, it's I, and I feel that perfect. works too because anxiety really much pretty much works like a domino effect. You're yeah. anxious about what might happen next as a result. Oh, and, right. 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 And so literally, you know, like, his mom gets upset, then she dies. And then now he's like worried about having to go settle the estate. And, and now this dude is hanging from his ceiling and they tumble in the in the bathtub because of the brown recluse. And then I thought this scene was probably the funniest where he runs out naked. Uh, oh my God. And, they, and, and because, of, because of that, they think he's the McStabber. Or and like the Mistaber get like the Mistaber actually. Oh like, wow! I didn't even piece it like that together. So like they the thought he the, was the McStaber sees him. So like the McStaber right. like starts. I think the McStaber like yes starts. Stabs him. No, 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 no. First, first it's he goes. Well, first to it's the, the cop. cop. It's the cop. He goes yeah. to the police. And I know and this scene, Grandmaster was just <laughs> losing it. Freeze! Freeze! Don't move! Don't move! Don't, don't make move. me do this. Don't make me do this. And he's like, I'm not doing anything. What the hell? <laughs> he is standing completely motionless. 
Well, I, I was laughing because one, yes, because again, there's a there's a level of absurdity. Here's a naked man, clearly has no weapon, and this cop is about to shoot him. And then on top of that, too, I'm like, damn, is this a commentary on police brutality? And just whatnot? a dash of reality in there. Why? Are they are they going to really shoot this man who's clearly just kind he of is unstable? naked, right? <laughs> he has and then nothing. then he gets starts getting stabbed. Oh, well. Like that's they, what McStab well, comes like in. he thinks he had a weapon because he had the the little statue. He had the little statue. Oh yeah. yes, the yeah. the little statue, yes. Mary, and, the Mary statue, right? And it, and they're they're the real McStabber. The real McStabber. <laughs> the real McStabber <laughs> comes in, and every like one thing leads to another. And, why? 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 And then he's hit by a car. <laughs> He gets hit by a car and, you know, and he gets hit by a car and that leads us to like kind of the next set piece. He's uh, with his family, uh, uh, Grace and Roger, played by Amy Ryan and Nathan Lane. Ah, uh, Nathan uh, Lane. <laughs> and oh. yes, that's Nathan Lane. Nathan um, Lane. For those of you that don't know, Timon. Timon, Timon, Timon. I, um, I knew I heard his voice. I'm like, who who is this guy? Who is he? Yep, that, that's him. Uh, he was in Mouse Hunt. Y'all remember yeah. Mouse Hunt? Oh, I did not watch Mouse oh, Hunt. Oh, Mouse Hunt is, is a gem. It's, I love um, that. I love that movie, yeah. but it is so Didn't you put bad. me onto the birdcage, Dr. Mondo? What? The birdcage? Bird oh, never mind. It wasn't you. Uh, I have no idea. No, wait. I've, oh. seen the bird, I've seen the birdcage, but... Stuart oh. Little. Oh, my God. Yes, he's yes. the cat in Stuart Little. Wow. Yes. I, I'm just... I'm flabbergasted. Yes. I, I knew this Lane. was someone big. I'm like, who is this guy? Yes, got many credits. Very wow. good. Wow. I, I, I just Lane. love him in this movie. He's my dude. <laughs> oh, he's pretty great in this movie, too. Yeah. Um, I think... Okay, so this, this sequence, I feel, is... Probably the like the most down to earth sequence, and then there's like sp splashes of kind of, of of the absurdity of the absurdity. Um, so they're obviously trying to help him. They're being good people. Uh, they offer to take him to his mother's estate. Um, and you know he kind of he doesn't want. And again, it's kind of with the anxiety. He doesn't want to, uh, you know, harp on their day. He doesn't want to. And be, not uh, only that, again, like it it goes along the feelings of guilt. And I think we didn't talk about this like in the prior scene. I'll like I'll say very quick. Um, you know, when all the things with his luggage happen, this keys that he loses and he calls his mom, his mom makes oh. him guilt trips him. Gaslights him. him feel, yep. Absolutely. Gaslights him, makes him feel like crap for, you know, for what happened to him, right? I was and, gonna beg the Lord to punish yeah, me for thinking Bo won't come. You don't get that like, yet. And Why then get that? when he's in like in Grace and I forgot like I forgot the character. Grace name. and Roger. Grace and Roger's house, the lawyer calls and he says it's like your mom eight day that she remains she is being ashamed <laughs> she is like you must come here with a freaking suit <laughs> it's like instead of saying like i'm sorry for your loss they're just saying you better get your ass here <laughs> the body has been out it needs to be buried 
today buried <laughs> and it, they're just guilt tripping and he feels so guilty that he's not there burying his mom uh it's like everything has to do with the feeling of guilt but then like going back to like the more grounded setting although it's the most grounded setting of the movie it's still absurd as hell like yes like because he wakes up in the daughter's room and like then he figures out oh like the son is dead has been dead for god knows how long they have almost a shrine of the kid uh, uh, of him and instead of giving his room they kick out the daughter <laughs> it's like what they're like trying they're trying to like oh adopt Bo. Uh, essentially or have him yeah be like a replacement for yeah, their like son. a replacement and right. i think like this this movie really it it puts in a very like absurd and try to like funny but also pathetic ways like it's it's a very jumbled mix like different sets of emotions like anxiety guilt grief all, all those kinds of things. It kind of meshes them in together, but throws it at you in ways of absurdity and like way over the top. This Even is where you need uh, Jeeves. Yeah, Jeeves. PTSD. Gene is PTSD. Well, he's PTSD, but then they take it to the next level. No, they take, level. It to an, they take it to an absurd level. Like he still fully thinks that he's in the, the like that he's in the war like that he's in Venezuela in Caracas and like in the jungle and it's right. like they take it to extreme 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 levels and it's just like he's exploring different almost like different uh, psycho uh, psychological conditions there or or emotions and just presenting and throwing it at you like a roller coaster yeah i think the whole thing with um grace and uh what was what was roger 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 Roger, grace and roger um you know it it delves into you know holding on for something that's no longer there and i i actually like this um where you know bo bo does not want to intrude on uh sleeping in the bed of of you know the 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 daughter of grace and um and her husband so He's always saying like, "Hey, you could take the room." She's, you know, she's not, uh, like she's, she's not pissed. happy about it. She's pissed, but she's also like, her her being angry is not so much that oh, there's a stranger in my room. It's also, you know, kind of the effect of her parents kind of focusing more on the dead, neglect her, it's neglect than her own daughter. And I feel like, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when you get that scene where. You know, um, what's the daughter's name again? Uh, I think it's Tony. Uh, Tony. Tony, Tony. Tony. Yep. When Tony, um, go, you know, she she grabs Bo. They they go into the the brother's room, and her whole thing here is to like you know just trash the entire room. You know, spray paint all over it with like pink and blue and everything. Uh, but you know, in this instant, uh, Tony is almost trying to um you know off herself in the same way she she drinks this gallon of paint right this gallon of blue paint and i feel like that's symbolic in a lot of ways because you know blue is usually associated with boys right the pink is usually associated with girls i feel like that was symbolic where 
the mother's upset the family's obsession over the son it's, like, it, is, it's, almost, it's just it, it it drowned out the daughter to the point of her wanting to kill herself in this and, and not I feel only like that's really that, deep not only that, that it's like you know it kind of goes unfortunately because they appreciate they they value more the dead than the living and they actually pay attention to her once she's dead right when it's too late when yes. it's too late. I mean, I, I, in the same in the same sense you know grace is trying to give her mouth to mouth to try to like you know uh resuscitate her but to no avail and she has blue paint on her lips too because it, in the same way she was not paying attention to her daughter she was just focused drowned out by her obsession for her son who's no longer around but her daughter's the one suffering the price for it. I I thought that moment was really deep. Flowers to the actress that plays Tony. I hope uh this is like a kind of like a breakout role for her because like she she has she that did a great um, job. Her she name did a really is Kylie job. Rogers and she's also known Kylie for Rogers. the hit Showtime series Yellowstone. Oh, um, okay. you can find her on Yellowstone. There is, I mean, she has this blood curdling scream that's very hard to find for like horror esque, um, you know, scream queens. I, I hope she breaks out and goes into other horror flicks because that I, I loved her in here. She was great. She was fantastic. And and Bo is afraid. I think th um, th this whole scene, yeah, it was very good. And like when you really look at it, it's like yeah, just another level to peel back as far as kind of the human condition, you know. His family was going through loss. They do what they can to help others. Uh, and yet they completely miss that their daughter was the one screaming for help the loudest. And from there and and see again, you know, earlier we said, you know, this film is through Bo's point of view. Uh, I have no idea if this scene is actually from his point of view. Or is this is actual reality? I think exactly. I think it was reality. This is like this is the scene that like even in the absurdity, it's very grounded that you can actually believe to a certain extent what's happening. To an extent, but then you have Grace, Jeeves. No, and rip him apart. No, and not only that. Uh, what is it? I think when she. When Grace, I think, gives him the control of the TV. Channel 78. Channel 78. That Bo not only sees, like, the camera of the house, he sees into the future. Was that the right. future? That was he the did, future. Because he was fast-forwarding um, on oh, the TV. And you yes. could see, like, when he's at the lake, when he's uh, hitchhiking on the road. When he's, at, when he's at his mother's home. When he's at the mother's home. So he All did right. fast-forward a little and bit. Okay, and so I think Aster does a really good job here as just keeping you guessing the whole entire film. What's really going on? Yeah, yeah, what's really going on? Like, is this happening? Is this all planned? Is Grayson Roger, like, in on what's going on? You know? Or is this just all in his head? And I don't like, think you ever get a clear-cut answer, even by the end of the film. Right. I know at this point, you know... Bo is still trying to get home. He's only recovering at, at this place temporarily. Uh, and he's hoping to get a ride from uh, Roger. And one thing keeps leading to another. And that trip keeps getting delayed. 
And Bo keeps telling Raj, I need to leave right now. You don't understand. And it's just, oh, oh, Bo, I just got three surgeries pushed up to today. What are the odds, buddy? And it's like, wow. Like, he's trying his best. Ultimately, he doesn't go on the trip with Roger. That would have been too easy. Um, and that's where, you know, Tony kills herself. And then uh, Grace tells Gene, Jeez! Rip him apart! And, and so, G's just been waiting for that you know, G's wanted the excuse. He right. wanted the excuse. The, all those times where he's just standing in the standing background, in the just breathing like a Hulk, like he's, let me do it. Let me do it. And let me tell you, Aster's really good at that. He does that a lot in Hereditary. Like, if there are certain scenes in Hereditary, you don't I, see these yes. witches just but in the corner. Like, it, yeah. Did you all notice like the two times that Tony just like knocks on? I think it's Jeans, right? Jeeves, 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 Jeeves. Yeah, yeah she knocked on his trailer and yeah, she she something. had a she had a yeah some kind of relationship with Jeeves. Yeah, and uh, I was like, what the hell is going on there? I didn't look further into it, but oh, I didn't yeah, think I, it, was it was there. Like it was that. it was. No, I, I don't. I don't think like that. But there's like a connection between. But yeah, them. Um, outside of what him, it, he's just yeah staying there. As to what it was, I guess it's up to interpretation. But exactly. like clearly, she kind of goes to him as like a form of the way I saw it was she it was goes like to a, him as a form of protection. Yes. Like uh, that's I can't go to my own father. I, I come to you for this type of stuff. As to what oh, type yeah, of things he was definitely. telling. Jeeves about Bo because you know she would talk to him oh, and yeah, then they would both Jeeves, look but... at, at Bo. God, I don't know how this man sleeps. Um, but yeah, no, the full on sprint into the forest, right? Yeah, and yep. uh, Jeeves on the hunt. Well, actually, no, no, Je Jeeves first has, has got to stock up on, on, on his on his gear, gotta get his gear, got his Bowie knife. Uh, his vest. Some grenades and stuff. He's got right? some grenades in there. Oh, like like he he went full, like he went full Rambo there. Full Rambo. Yeah, yeah. And um, and and this is this is kind of where maybe I need to see the movie again. But this is kind of where it, the film kind of derailed for me. Yeah, and I started getting lost at this point. Is too. this for a segment? So uh, the, the theater group, right? Specifically the play that the theater group was putting on. Um, I feel like it went on for way too long. And maybe it's because I wasn't getting it. Uh, like, I saw it as just kind of like the life that Bo could have had, had he, you know, uh, broken free from the shackles of his mother. Which, by the way, like, there, even up until now, you learn bits and pieces of Bo's past life, like through these little flashbacks. And you really see that, this mother was very manipulative. Um, she clearly had this love for her son, but um, I think they say it in the movie, or maybe Grandmaster, you and I talked about it at some point. Um, the love was conditional. It was not yes, unconditional the, love that she was love, giving. The love was conditional, and on top of that, Bo could not express any sort of sentiment of love or anything close to it with anybody else it was all supposed to be reciprocated back at the mother and if it wasn't he would be punished for it 
Not uh, even like if it wasn't not if it wasn't in the way that she wanted. Right. He wanted it in a and, and it was a way that you could never satisfy, no matter I think, what I think Bo it's, did. I think it really is to a certain degree for the maybe the first and only time in the movie, Bo kind of lets go of his guilt and his fears. So because like the play starts right, you know, like like the two tombs and the chain. That he's right. like chained, and it's like very literal, you know, and like he breaks the shackles, and like so, it like the play, and Bo is watching this, and Bo inserts himself. Yes, in, right. Bo inserts himself into the play, and he starts kind of like looking into his life, and it's like he's not like thinking it like this, but like you as the viewer, you're kind of going along this. It's like this. Now that his mother is gone, maybe the shackles that like she was the shackle that oh, was she keeping was the shackles. Him right. She yeah. was the shackle that was keeping him there, making him feel afraid, making him feel all this guilt. Because as you said, like the the conditional love, that way he was manipulated, made to be afraid of everything except her, her being like his um his rock and now that she is gone he can travel freely across the world and you know he inserts himself into this tale as him the hero and seeing what in a way his life could have become or could be and so and he's and i think that's what this scene overall does is bow letting go to a certain degree, it's he's letting go, and but then I think like a random ass dude from from the audience starts talking to Bo, and Stella's like, "Oh, I know you. I know who you are." And then it's like it kind of brings Bo back, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And it's like, "Oh, like your father." Wait, what? Something Bo has been questioning. This, something Bo has this been questioning. Life. So now, like these feelings of of guilt, of fear, are starting to change into other types of feelings. You know, like it's like feelings of like doubt, and into a certain degree, like um, like anger a little bit towards like what, like what, what's going on here? It's like. I thought you were you were dead. It's like, like I thought you were dead. I thought he was dead. You know, like what the hell? I've been lied. Right. There's it's like it, it, now, like the feelings of guilt, like this fear is being another feeling is taking over now. There, yeah. There's two elements that uh, I think Bo's mother played in terms of um, kind of like what his trauma was growing up with her. One of them, of course, is the how secretive she was about his father and you get that very disturbing scene uh i i really liked it it's, it's that scene where like it's just her face and it's like it's flashing from darkness to like red and blue and this is where she tells him you know uh you're <laughs> again there's still like it's it's a very a, a uh, level uh, of absurdity uh, it's very absurd but at the same time it's unsettling just the, the way she's telling it and the way it's being shown to you as an audience member uh yeah. she's telling him 
that, you know, your father died the day that we uh, got married. More specifically, the day that you were conceived. Even more specifically, the instant you were conceived. And again, it's he had a heart of... murmur and, and he just died like on top of, of Bo's mother. And it's that thing in the back of Bo's mind that's been eating away at him where it's like, okay, that's what she told me what happened to my father. But I've always wanted to know who my father was. My mother never talks about him. I've never seen pictures of him. And here you have this guy, which again, it asks, it makes you ask the question, is this real? Is it not? This guy comes out from the audience after this play about fatherhood that Bo just had this imagination for. And this guy's coming over here saying, hey, Bo, I'm your daddy. And not only that, mate, and like also the play can be can be shown as uh, like you know what like what Bo would have liked his life to be as well. You know, I think that's how I saw it as like, like what he wanted like, his life or what, like what, what it could have been. What it what it could have. I think what it could have been, and the, like the guy from the audience, it kind of it brings him back from reality and makes him start like questioning things uh for like maybe the first time he starts questioning all these things and it's really it's really absurd like like honestly like i was laughing when she says like on the instant that you were conceived like the i was instant i was i was dying because like you're you're I so entranced in yes. how she's telling the story that I, for me i'm like envisioning it in my mind before she gets to that point i'm like okay pay attention to her words what is but, she saying but again it plays and with then, the element of guilt it kind right. of plays because it's like basically she's telling him in a way because, because of you, you exist, your dad died. Like, I, I, I mean, it's not just guilt, though. It's like, it's abuse. It's abuse. Life. It's manipulative because it's like, she's kind of saying it's like your existence caused like the man, quote unquote, she loved to die. And it's like, oh, but I'm going to use like those fears like to control you. She talks Bo about been, it being hereditary. Ooh. Oh, Bo has Ooh. been raised to be afraid. He's been raised to be afraid. He's, it's a very, yeah. it's very a uh, Rapunzel esque yes. uh, story where it's told, "Yo, listen to me. Give me your love, and you'll be all right." Well, yeah. you see, also outside of the mystery behind his father that she uses, you know, to like kind of lock him in place. She also lot, and I, I, I think we kind of talked about it a little bit. She also uses, um, his love for other women yeah. as, as as also a lock to keep him in place. And we get that scene on the cruise ship. Which, by the way, I remember asking you this um, in the theater. I was like, it, did, did they CGI Joaquin Phoenix's face on on no. like a? And I looked it up. It's not. It, that, that boy that, that, just that's looks a real like person. Joaquin Phoenix. He looks exactly like it. I'm like, dude, I, there's got to be something there. There's that's no just way. perfect casting. Um, that's his insane. His name is Armin Nahapatian. That's crazy. Um, yeah, he looks just like 
Joaquin Phoenix, it's crazy. Some people said some people were theorizing that he's not a real actor, that he's like a, a an AI synthesized. Stop that. No, he's real. <laughs> it, it's just so it's so uncanny valley, but like it fits it fits yes. the the uncanniness of of this film. Um, but again, like on this ship, you meet the I guess his first love interest, Elaine, and it's one of those things where you see Bo's mother almost seeing herself in a woman like Elaine, you know, someone that's like, you know, at a young age, very strong, very independent, goes for what she wants, gets what she wants. And in a way, she kind of applauds Bo for being interested in a woman like that. But at the same time, he, she like, oh, God, it's just the way she's, she's saying it. She's she, she feels threatened. She's like, that, li- that girl is the same exact thing that I am. But Bo's love and affection is going to go towards her instead of me and it's it was so good because i again you just get these weird scenes where you know they have their first kiss elaine and 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 Bo, and then there's this like weird scene where like she's being taken away from her mother and she like breaks into Bo's room when he's asleep Bo, wait for me wait for me promise you you'll wait for me and you have the mother the mother's not even like scared as to like someone breaking into our bedroom she's like whoa how could you do this to me how could you do this to me my lord i'm like wow this is uh, again manipulation emotional abuse you know that that cruise ship was not the end of Bo hearing that bs from her uh from his mother you know Mm. after that scene it was guilt trip 24 7 after that and, and, you know, on top of those flashbacks of Elaine, we also get the flashbacks um, of the bathtub where Bo sees himself in the bathtub and uh, his mother is taking him oh, up to the attic. Him. Who? Him. him right. Up to the attic. It's just, you know, another example of kind of the abuse and the manipulative nature of the mother. Um, no, what's her name? Nona? Uh, Mona. 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 Sorry. Mona. And that scene comes back later on. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, Bo watches this play, thinks about his life. This man now makes him question everything. And before we get answers, kaboom. kaboom. Uh, goodness. And again, you're like, what is happening in this movie? Jeeves comes in and starts shooting up the place like blowing people up left and right with guns and grenades and i'm left thinking what is going on why why is this a thing and i'm i'm left bewildered to whether or not this is actually happening but bo escapes does jeeves die uh, he dies. Something... Yeah. How did he, he die again? I don't even remember. Like Someone... he kind of falls. I think he tri- he falls on the rifle, and the rifle just keeps shooting and shooting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh it god. just and he's screaming. Ah! Right. He oh my gosh. Okay. Go. <laughs> I I can't I can't with this movie. No, like, it's like... just like this movie is really the theater of the absurd. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Just, absolutely. Like, and just, like what, what happens after this like once he um he escapes like, he pretty much he the ankle makes bracelet the... like like well jeeves oh yeah jeeves, bracelet. jeeves tries um, to 
Yeah, which, shock him. Which, by the way, I, I found it really funny that when Bo originally noticed that ankle bracelet and he says, what's this? And Roger, uh, it's clear as day. That's a, that, that's like a house arrest bracelet. And Roger says, oh, it's just a heart monitor. Uh, Bo, don't worry about it. It's the heart. I'm like, don't worry. don't worry about it. Monday. Why is it on my leg? Uh, it's, oh, God, just so funny. So funny. But right. Jeeves causes it to detonate. Bo loses consciousness. Um. And then, but like from here, he actually, well, no, from there. Okay. That's where I was losing it. From there, he goes and hitchhikes on the road. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then he, yeah. he gets there. He gets, he gets to these, there. Um, his mom's Funeral's place. over. The service is over. He, he missed the funeral. Uh, everybody has pretty much left. He sees the decapitated oh casket. Oh my God. <laughs> Open casket for Open a headless casket body. For, right. <laughs> But no, a... and, and no, it what what really what's funny as hell. It's like they put a little like <laughs> sign. Here's where the chandelier. There's a oh. plaque. There's a plaque. There's, a plaque. There's a plaque. They left the 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 dent in the flooring as well. I'm like, wow. And you and the, the the hook that the chandelier was hanging on is still up there. And it's like, what is this a shrine? Like, what are we doing here? Uh, right. She passed away. Like why are we why are we why are we commemorating this spot like it's like the same thing they did with the JFK spot like they got the oh this is where the bullet impacted JFK you can go to that road in Texas that's um, crazy <laughs> why is this a thing um and so from so from what here um he he Bo just basically stays in the in in the house until right. Elaine shows up. Surprise, Elaine. No, but he starts but he starts seeing like like he starts like going through his mother's stuff. Oh, right. Right. And you start seeing and noticing that, you know, where he was living. I think like she she kind of had I think like that property was hers. She had tabs on everything. Yeah, tabs on everything. Right. Even the people in that city wherever Bo was their pictures are on the wall yeah roger yeah, is on the there, roger right. roger's on there i i, I feel like grace roger's on there he's the, the there, guy with the tattoo, I, I didn't see grace. The tattoo, the tattoo is in I, there. he's right. they're all there right they're all there and they're it's all there so um, it's like she's been she's been fully keeping tabs on him well i think at this point still like it you're still asking questions because you're like, my God, like, what? Why is there a picture of Roger? Why is there a picture of the tattoo guy? Is this in Bo's head? Because right. again, you're seeing that, that that little timeline on the wall that shows, like, you know, she he uh his mother used him for like the advertisements for like the business that she had and so mm -hmm. on. Um, and a lot of the things that the business, like the the motto, say, it's like a hundred percent safe. Uh, it uses like, oh, it's very safe. It's like secure, blah blah blah. Like you know, funny at what the irony in that where Bo never feels safe. Exactly. <laughs> um, that it, 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 it's poetry. It writes itself. Um, well, he's thinking about all these things, but again, the arrival of Elaine, all that stuff's out the window now. Why is right. Elaine here? 
the girl of his dreams. Respects. Right, but it's like, you know, he figures that he asked her, you know, why why didn't you ever contact me? The mother was paying her to not contact him. She oh, was, was that what the, it was? She's on the payroll, yeah. Oh, oh, the, oh, that's what was implied by her being an employee of the Yes. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Right. That makes sense. That's why she never contacted. Because again, it. Mona's gotta control everything. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. But and... now that Mona's dead, uh you can do whatever the hell they want. Well, they recreate they recreate that first kiss, which was sweet, I guess. Uh right. <laughs> The, the next scene is just like funny. <laughs> okay, again, here's where, yes, hilarious. So they proceed to, you know, go have sex and whatnot because they waited for each other this whole time. Mind you, Bo is scared the whole time because he thinks he's going to die. He's, he's going to die. He's going to die. And uh, his enlarged uh, uh, scrotum. It's like the size of like a basketball. No, and and I think like Roger also comments on that. He says, "My dude, I I think you have a a case of epididymitis. Epididymitis. It's like yeah." He pointed, it, and I noticed it too. I'm uh, like, "That's absurdly large. Why is it?" Because you see it like when he's going into the bathtub in the beginning of the movie. I'm like, "Was did did, did my eyes deceive me? Was that why was it so big?" Uh, and so it's like but you know there you could say that's a layer of an onion that needs to be peeled back that's uh for lack of better words that's uh uh Bo's sex drive being suppressed all these years because of <laughs> the manipulation from his mother yeah um, I don't think he's ever uh he's never ever I mean like ever even self done it right no know? yeah it, it was likely a guilt thing oh what uh, he, he, his mother apparently does not um understand well no she understands that but it's i find it as a visual cue for absurdity to show like hey by the way bo's never you know he's never done it here's a visual cue to show that it's so big it's about to explode and i mean elaine and and um uh, Bo, they start doing it. When, when Bo finishes, there, there's that even. There's Wait, that. Uh, oh, before he even finishes, when she what? puts on Mariah Carey, I lost it. When she put on "Always Be My Baby," that was incredible. I I was like, "There's no way they're playing this song right now." That was what funny. kind of movie is this? <laughs> like, why is this song? You no, know, like that scene. Like I was dying. I was absolutely like. I no, think you burst like through the condom because, it, because you because you see her like she's enjoying it and Bo is just like ah ah he's <laughs> crying he's he's, he's afraid <laughs> he thinks he's about to die because that's how deep his mother got into his head. He's like, wait, this wait, is death. Wait. This is death. I'm gonna I'm about to die because the heart murmur. It's it's hereditary. My mother told me, and he he finishes. And oh my god, literally the camera shot of just focusing on I already knew what happened. I the fact that they were focusing on Bo this entire time when he finishes, he's like, Oh my god, I'm alive. Well, there, I, I there's just, a brief moment I, though where she's like, you know, I felt that. <laughs> like right, it, it did right. come through. And right. then she keeps going, and then he's starting to enjoy it. 
uh because right. he's like he didn't die and then yes that camera angle was absolutely perfect you're like why is why why isn't elaine saying anything she she was like moaning why is the before. camera not flipping to elaine and <laughs> to then, show her oh, reaction or something i mean they show her reaction oh yeah oh god that <laughs> oh man yeah uh, stone cold she died all dead that that was hilarious and then uh, the mother mona appears and she's like not even 24 hours and you're already in your mother's bed it was i mona <laughs> dun 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 at you know right here i i thought the mother was was supposed to be there as like a, a metaphor yes bo was hallucinating yes. no she was there she's there she's there and immediately that started raising questions of like no i think you no leaned way. at me there was a point in the movie where you leaned towards me and i just said listen we just gotta watch this movie and let this shit unfold because if we sit here and start questioning everything we are never gonna get to this movie and here she is alive and well um uh, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And not on, not only that is she there alive, two people come and remove Elaine. The housemaids, right? To take her to, I don't know, an incinerator, maybe. I no, guess. I, I, I just, it's just like she's already like rigor mortis has already set, and they're like, which is crazy. It, 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 it's been like <laughs> two, it's like, been like thirty what? seconds, two minutes. That's wild. Um, it was wild, but yeah, no, like immediately you start asking questions like, was this all just a ploy for yeah. his mother? And it to was to get him back. To get him back, it was as soon, and that's where Grandmaster Hoop, you were uh, hinting at that that line um, regarding. Uh, I knew that. I knew you losing your keys was was a lot of BS, Bo. And I was, and if had you actually showed up the next day, I was gonna turn over in my grave and tell God, how dare I doubt my son? How dare I doubt him for not coming? And it's like, wow, she orchestrated this entire odyssey of Bo from the beginning. Everyone involved. That that's why you see Roger on the wall. That's why uh, when Grace told him to turn to channel seventy eight. Bam! It's it's a camera looking at him. There's the therapy session that was being recorded this entire time, and you really see just how conditional Bo uh, Mona's love was for Bo. She nothing he could ever do would ever satisfy. Uh, no, and not only it. that, the person that she killed to take her place was. It was the um, the nanny the nanny right oh it's, right and the story that he told about the nanny was pretty it, it, it's literally a, a reflection of Bo as well because she because Bo's immediately thought is you killed um I, I forget the nanny's name it started with an M also Martha I think Martha Martha and you killed that. Martha and and he's like and she's like no I didn't kill Martha she she volunteered she volunteered and and, and, and he's like 
what? What do you mean she volunteered? I had. And she, she, her response is, I had to. I had to get her to stop. She was overjoyous. She was overjoyed at volunteering, and it's like, you know, that wasn't it because it's part of the manipulation. No, and she does it to other part. people. She does it to everyone. Oh, no, because again, Martha. Because Bo did like did love Martha. Like yes. even. Because even in the first phone call we get, Martha's the one that answers the Martha's phone. The She's one the first one. The She's Correct. the first one that answers the phone. And you hear like the tone. It's like, She's very, oh, Bo, hey, how are you? Loving and caring. Very loving and caring, asking him, you know, and he's he's like, hey, Martha, can I speak to my mom? Sure, sure, sure. Like, you know, like, and then you get the flashback of when he starts talking about Martha, like, like in the house. And it's Martha's the one that's tucking him in, like, for him to go to bed. Like, he has good memories of Martha. And again, the mom saw Martha as competition. Absolutely. I highly doubt Martha volunteered like more like voluntold and like Von and told. then and he says I think at one point he says uh Bo when his mom appears he's like what the hell but at the same time he isn't like how the fuck are you alive because he says like when he saw the body he saw the he, birthmark he saw the birthmark Right. And he, he says, knew, like, he knew she wasn't dead. He knew, like, when he went there, he said, this, this isn't. And even, I think, like, if you go, I think the phone call with the, the UPS guy. Who's oh, Bill that Hader, was one of the by the funniest. Way. That was one of the funniest. That was a fun, that was funny as hell. But yeah, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be totally wrong, and I'll maybe have to rewatch the movie here. But. Does he ask first if it's Martha? He, um, no, he is asking, um, he, I think he's asking, does he know her? And then he starts describing her and, um, and by, you know, he hangs up to go confirm if it was her or not. Cause like Bo's in disbelief and he's like, it can't be her. It can't be. You know, then he calls back. Yeah, it's her. I would. This is a movie. It's it's a three hour movie. But at the same time, it's something that I want to rewatch again, having known what, you know, what happens ultimately and see scenes like Dr. Mondo's pointing out. I want to see like the little things like who did Bo ask for when when he called the UPS guy? Was he, did he sound more concerned over Martha or was he distraught over uh, Mona, his, his actual mother? Um, I don't know if I can sit through another three hours of it, but. Uh, yeah, honestly, it was an easy, I, I, it wasn't a difficult three hours. I think if through. you give yourself to the movie. Yeah, if you, if, like, yeah, yeah, if you give yourself to the movie, the time flies. Because there were, there were multiple times in the movie where like my mouth was like left agape at what was going on. And I, I I lost track of time. I I, yeah. I I couldn't say that about uh Quantum Mania or other three hour flicks that we've seen this year. Quantum Mania was in three hours. Thank you very much. Oh the 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 defender. Never mind. I'm the just defender. saying it wasn't three he's, hours. He's coming and smashing from the ceiling. I don't even know how many three hour movies came out this year. I'm just saying. John Wick and Quantum Mania. They were the closest ones to three. John hour Wick mark. was closer. 
but it was sure. closer. They were both close. The point is, I know you want to defend Quantum Mania. My point is, my point is, this film was close to that three-hour mark that we've been getting with a lot of films recently. But with this movie, I feel like if you really give yourself to it and just enjoy the ride, and not really enjoy the ride in the sense of, because I know people use that to say like, oh, just turn off your brain and, and just ha have fun. No, like really just be immersed in the absurdity that is going on with Bo and kind of have fun with it, but at the same time be chilled as to what is going on in the movie, whether it's with Bo himself, his surroundings, his uh, the people he meets, his mother. Um, because like when he's talking with his mother, even right now in the end, it's like like she is just like verbally assaulting him for everything. She's blaming him for every single thing, every single mistake that he's made to get there. And us as an audience member, we were with Bo this entire time. We know he tried his damn best to get to this damn funeral. I, but his it, mother's not that's... having it at all. And it's it's fun it's funny in the sense like you know she's wrong. Like the scene with Roger she doubles back on the Roger scene, right? Where she's like, uh, what was it that Roger was offering him? Like to go the next morning or uh, it was, was it? it was to go right now at night or go the next morning. And he said, go the next morning. Bo said or Roger said? Uh, no, because well, because Roger said he would have to move around his stuff. So, so Bo didn't Bo, want like being considerate. Right. He's he says like then it's fine like we'll go tomorrow morning it's uh like i'm not gonna make like you're already doing me this huge favor i'm not going to impose anything else right and then there was the uh bow feeds ducks at the pond but can't feed his same species uh when <laughs> the there dude are that's sprinting at him correct <laughs> right apartment. so everything he's doing she's using as you know yeah it's like you know everything she just they're like these scales and she's just weighing everything against him right and then i think the big the big kind of reveal though facto or the next big reveal is the therapist walks out oh yeah. um, oh okay oh yeah before that right. one, before that one the therapist walks out right he she was in on has it. all the recording sessions uh between them um and you know she said what's her favorite and it was like something from 2018 where i forget what he admits but it's obviously not to the mother's liking it's um, like that he feels he says the conditional love mm. oh yeah yeah yes he, he says it's like she it's like she must always expect something in return yeah, she mm. would show me so much. She shows me so much love, but I, if I didn't give it back to her exactly. in the way that she wanted, she would get upset. And and that's where she remarks like, "Oh, too much love. Oh, I'm such a monster." And mm -hmm. it's like, "Oh my it's God, like, Jesus!" It's like, it's like those are Bo's true thoughts. So that's I right. think um, some people in our in our group chat, you know, said this film could be triggering. I think their whole dynamic is can be triggering because that's what some people very much go through um uh, yes. not just you know very much parental but it could be come in forms of really any kind of relationship can come in that kind of is this conditional 
is this generational trauma um i wouldn't i wouldn't call it generational trauma just because we don't really know wait kind of it, the moms it we don't know the moms come yeah up the mom her mona's mother he he she explained well, like Mo Mona how mona's mother that, treated her mona says Mona oh, says it's I like know I why can you never do anything to make her proud, to like to be in her good graces. You know, she kind of right. she kind of says it that no matter how hard I tried, my mom didn't, you know, didn't value me, didn't give me love. And, so, and, and that's when you see and, that picture in the background of like that scowling. Oh, that's uh, scary. That's why it was funny. Mother, that, that's yeah. that's her mother. And then right. it's like it kind of. So you then have that. That kind of drives Mona's obsession with love. She wants the love that her mother never gave her, and to a certain point where where she finally has her son, she says. It's like I he must love me and only me and no one no one and nothing else. And manipulates him to the freaking point where it's like she just brainwashes him, molds him to be afraid of everything else in the world except to a certain degree her. That she is the only thing in his life, the only son that he shall adore. That's what go what Mona goes for. And everything that she does is for Bo to be afraid of everything else except her and love only her. Granted, Bo has his feelings, and you know, like we see them in the therapy sessions, and she goes to that extent to say, Wow, I want to know even the deepest, darkest recesses of Bo's feelings. No, I I agree. I mean that God, that's manipulation one on one, and that yeah. therapist needs to be fired. <laughs> like, oh well, obviously he's not. I mean, he's a therapist. He's a real thing. He's a real therapist. He's, he's, he's got to be licensed. Yes, uh, he clearly went against uh, therapeutic therapeutic contract. privileges, Ethics, right? Professionalism, yeah. Yeah. right? Right. Keep so yeah, from there, I guess you can call it generational trauma then. Yeah, because it all stems, everything that happens in this movie, everything that Mona does is a response of the lack of love and acceptance that she received from her mother. That seems to be the common thread with a lot of movies this these last couple of years. Turning uh, I, I would red, say this one just gives you this. everywhere, all at once. Uh, right. Generational trauma is the name of the game, baby. You could tell an emotional story. Generational trauma. I think just the medium this one chooses to tell its story is just wildly different. Oh uh, yeah, as far for sure. as yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, um, and then you know the trauma continues. Uh, you know, Bo kind of he does stand up for himself a little bit. He's like, I want to know what happened to my father. You know, well, we know of. I see different interpretations with this. Some it, it it's that bathtub scene, right? That it's the bathtub about. scene. The bathtub, the bathtub scene. scene. And you've seen it before where, you know, uh, Mona, she's reprimanding Bo for not wanting to take a bath. And it, it some people interpret this as Bo originally. They're like, hey, this, this is Bo. This is young Bo just acting up. But then you're also seeing the person from the point of view of the bathtub also being Bo. And what happens? Uh, Mona puts this she she drags this boy over to the attic she's like all right you want to know about your dad here go up there and then she locks him away 
and you never know like you assumed is is that Bo that she did that to? Is that just like a repressed memory? Is it was a it Bo just looking at himself? Right. Right. Uh, right. She says, Let, "Let's go find out." Let, right uh, now, right as an adult, she's like, "All right, Bo, you want to see your dad? <laughs> Let's go. Come on, go up there." And she's like, "You idiot! That wasn't a dream. That was a memory." No, no, oh no, no, no! You gotta build that up. What do you mean? She, she does it. No, she doesn't say she doesn't say that until she closes the door. She is she is boating him to go up into the attic. Yes, yes. Bo yes. is terrified to go into the attic. He does not want to go in there. But she's doing that manipulation where she's coddling him saying, "Don't worry, Bo. I'm right behind you. I'm right don't worry. I I'll be there right there with you. I'm climbing up there with you." And right when he's at the top, she closes the door and says, "You idiot. That wasn't <laughs> That, that what was it that wasn't um that wasn't a dream that was a memory boom then she closes the door now he's stuck up and that ari aster at his best you're like what the hell is up here what's going on uh blows like uh bo's like you know try to hit his flashlight it first goes to like a person and then you're like what the hell this person has a shackle and he's like he, he has shackled. like you, he's shackled as well you're like, who is this? Is that his dad, uh, or is it, some, or is it someone else? And you start hearing this this gurgling noise Bo, from pitch so blackness. Good to see you, Bo, my Bo. And he hits in the flat. Once you see the reveal, it's it's a giant cock, <laughs> and it's like, what in the hell? It's like a demonic. Like monster, monster it, it it's there's an enemy like that in persona. It's literally a, like a monster demon cock on, on, in, in a chariot. I had it's to make sure we were fight. looking at a penis. I looked at you, I said, Is that a penis? <laughs> I was like, Yes, so, like, that, that scene, it is. I was just like, Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> that's two things. That's where your mind is like, Okay. Is this, is this real? Like, is that is, is that is, is that an actual monster penis, or is this like in Bo's head? Is this like a metaphor to something? What what is this? I, I think that's the whole point. Is that there are moments where you can definitive definitive definitively say that this is literal and this is happening, and there are times where you're. I think that's the whole point. He wants to drive you crazy thinking about whether or not this is actually happening or is this more of a metaphor or in his psyche. I think that's the point because I can't tell you if that penis monster is real or if Bo really has a twin brother locked up there because that's what that was. Some you know? people yeah. thought instead of being Bo, that's his. He had a brother. That he had a brother. She walked he did. away. She did. And. You could tell, you know, there was a bowl up there. She kept them fed. Um, right, right. And I guess the penis monster lived up there too. Um, I, mind you, I, Jeeves runs in here too. And yeah, to Jeeves just thing. crashes Jeeves in from out the of nowhere. Comes out like from the freaking death. Just like starts stabbing. She, he first throws a knife at Bo's head, right, and, and it, it just goes gunk. Hits him in the head, so he falls. I'm like, okay, I guess you're not gonna kill him. <laughs> and this Eddie. is probably the scene where uh Joaquin Phoenix was telling people be mindful of what you do um <laughs> if you go watch this movie. Oh, oh that's right. He said to not go um 
right now, don't don't go in with mind altering uh mind altering substances. substances. Because honestly, wow. this scene right here, oh goodness. What, what would this have done to you, Grandmaster? What, um, I don't I, know because I don't partake in such things. I see. You're correct. Yeah. You're correct. But I'm telling you right now, this movie is already wildly uh I don't know, absurd to the, this scene. I again Ari Aster is scary, man. This stuff is scary. The fact that I can't distinguish whether or not is this real or not makes me that's too much of a thought process going on i think that's scary i think in itself and again i can uh with um midsummer again the i find the most horrific part about midsummer is just how realistic it is and then when you watch this film i just feel the the scariest part is just trying to uh distinguish what's real or whatnot and i think that sometimes can be scary because there are probably some people who, I don't know, maybe go up in an attic and do see a giant penis monster. And they think it's real. And they can't discern whether or not it's real. And that can be scary. Oh, bull, my bull, my bull. <laughs> uh, and then I think what? the fact he that it was talking made it even more uh, just funny. Right. Like, and what? So he goes back down, right? He falls back down into falls the, back the down. floor. Um, again, the whole coddling thing. He's he's beg he's apologizing to his mother, saying, "You were right. You were right. I'm sorry. That was traumatic." And she's like, almost wanting to receive that. She's like, "I'm sorry, Bo. I told you it wasn't good. I told you it was not a good idea." But then once she sees the coddling from him, she switches back to her her uh her her manipulation mode she's like oh it, it took that to to finally get you to 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 love me again and it's you get this scene and i feel like i i can't do it enough justice um it's just something you have to watch yourself cuz i think you as an audience member kind of feel this in your own mind you're like how dare she how how dare she do this to this guy this, this boy he's still a boy in his head in a lot of ways and she's just badgering him and it's culminating to a word that you know she's gonna say because at this point she might as well say it and it's the big h it's the h word it's the big h you never want to say it hate oh she is going to say I hate you. But before she can even get that out, this this got me scared. Boom. Snap. Right right at the throat. Doesn't Snaps. even let her finish. He cannot. He cannot hear that from the person that his entire life has been, been centered to. around. It's been dedicated to in his own way. But it's it's like if that if if, if those words escape her lips, he's broken. And that was yeah. another scary moment. That's that was a really scary moment. It was very scary. I yeah. feel like you almost I, I couldn't see the white in uh Joaquin Phoenix's eyes. I don't know no, if that they was went just, black. Oh, 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 they 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 did actually go black. Yeah, I think like aesthetically, like they okay colored in, yeah. A little okay, bit. okay. I I don't know if it was just the lighting or whatever, but yeah, it looked it was scary. It was scary. He but what he snaps back to and he's like, Oh, mother. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? You can breathe, right? She's in disbelief. 
boom, dies. <laughs> Falls into the glass table. Therapist is there in the corner smiling. He's taking notes too. He's taking notes. <laughs> He's taking notes. Weirdo. Um, and uh, okay, okay. So mother's dead. Therapist took notes. Then Bo does this weird run out of the house. He doesn't run. He walks. It's a run. He's like this. It's a walk. He's like he's walking with and his he's mouth. Like, mouth is, yeah, his mouth. His That's the audience. Touch. He's like, what did I just watch? And he finds his way to the shore. Because he also, he had been having dreams about, like, the boat. Uh, makes his way up on the boat, heading to the mountains. Very scenic, very peaceful moment for him. Kind of, it's, it's very at a peace moment. Uh, you know, he is kind of shook about what just transpired but uh he then comes between two crevices and he continues on and suddenly boat stops floodlights on there is a stadium of people and at the forefront of the stadium is his mother alive again with her attorney and Bo's on trial for all the crimes and atrocities he has committed towards the war crimes. The war crimes against his mother. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Jason, I think you explained this scene pretty well. I'm going to let you have it. Uh, well, um, so what? Uh, she, like you said, all the atrocities and war crimes that uh, Bo has committed is put on trial. His lawyer, I'm sorry, her lawyer, Mona's lawyer, is just uh, kind of inciting the the mob mentality of the audience that's like, you know, surrounding Bo. And Bo, in his best effort, is trying to defend himself. At the same time, he also, liar! Has, he also has a defense attorney off in the corner. And he's spouting things like, liar, it's not true. He couldn't make the flight. He lost his keys. But his voice is drowned out, right? And it's it's one of those things where you know the defense lawyer is speaking his truth, but no one wants to hear it. And I I feel like this scene, I feel like the 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 stadium, the audience is supposed to represent us in a way, in some interpretations. Um, I feel like that represents you as a movie watcher watching this tragedy you know you're just there for the spectacle you're there to be quote-unquote entertained in, in some capacity and you're watching this mayhem unfold and the defense lawyer that's trying to defend Bo and say like none of these things he did are, are are wrong um that's kind of like you talking in your own mind like you as an audience member you're not going to be the guy to stand up in the theater and be like how dare you leave Bo alone? You're just saying these inner thoughts like that defense attorney, but no one wants to hear it. Cause if you speak up, someone's going to throw you off the cliff. Someone's going to throw you and splatter your brains on the rocks. So keep your mouth shut and watch this entertainment. And again, it ultimately, what ultimately what happens? Bo is sentenced to, to death. 
for his atrocities and uh his feet can't move from the boat boat flips over he drowns underwater as he's struggling the audience the you know the people in the coliseum shows Start over leaving. let's leave Start leaving in the end credits and the end credit the end credits play during while, that scene yeah while the people are leaving and i think um, I, in a way that that represents us again it's like hey the show's over entertainment's yeah. done yeah. tragic it's, story boohoo yeah, it, now you really, go home it, I, it's kind of like that scene is pretty much Bo putting himself like he's his own judge jury and executioner in that in that scene yeah um it just like goes to show the hold that the mother had on him right that he was just like in this constant battle within himself like he like the guilt ate him alive the guilt ate him alive and Damn. even though he was like saying like oh but i did this like he, like a part of him was feeling this guilt of like oh that he couldn't do all this or live up to like whatever his mom asked of him and eventually it tore him apart and i feel two things happened he accepted it yep uh because he didn't struggle at the very end um i think it's just it was just like a feeling of helplessness right and i think this entire sequence is in his head yes i i i don't this final sequence the whole thing with like going into the boat and then going into like this trial sequence i think he actually did kill his mother in that in that sequence in the house uh but Ooh. this whole thing is his guilt in his head he's like, like like dr mondo said he's his own judge jury and executioner he's putting himself on trial and right. the guilt is just for what he's coming done. for what he's done and because even mona up in the audience stands she has the bruise on her neck so mm -hmm. you know it happened yeah. But it's in his head of what's going on right now. Whether or not him getting flipped over is as a representation of like he he killed himself or yeah. his guilt uh, caused him to just like go into like this it, deep it, deep it, depression. It, yeah, it leaves it really up in the open. I really think that it like it leaves it open. But if you were to ask me what it like what it really, I feel that he killed himself. I feel I, that both killed himself. And there's feel, also a moment of. Mona's up there too, saying, "No, no, wait, wait, this is too oh, much." Oh, at the end, at the end, yeah, like after, at the very end, and that's that's the thing. Whenever Bo is physically in pain, that's where her motherly, uh, you know, feelings kick in, because like you know, when Bo's in pain from, or I guess, uh, emotionally in pain from having seen his his father up in the attic, she's kind of coddling him in a way. But then she switches back to her manipulation. Same thing here. She's like, you see her gripping the railing, like just angry at all the things that Bo has done to her. But then when he's drowning and about to die, and he does die in this mind sequence, she's doing what you said. She's saying, oh, my Bo, my boy. And it's like, my, my because, God. Because again, like, again, it's what I was trying to say. Like that's like the art of manipulation you know like yeah. you have to still keep them in right you don't and, you and push again, them away far and, enough and but you got to do enough to bring them and, back and not only that remember 
Mona, her entire existence, everything that's going on is because Mona desires to be loved. Right. Mona desires to be loved and she doesn't want him to hate her. Uh, right. Like she, because like if she didn't care what happened to him, like in Mona's, in Mona's mind, if he were to die, no one would love her. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a very mutually parasitic relationship to a certain degree. That it's like she manipulates him to the point where she has made him believe that she is the only person in his life that he must not be afraid of, and like she manipulates him to get his love, but obviously knows when to step back. And like coddle him and kind of tell him like the world is a shitty place. Almost like uh she knows how to play the game. No, yeah, almost like Fro uh Frodo and and Quasimodo. Let's say, you know, the world is a horrible oh, place. Wow, yeah. That's a good uh, it's a, re a reminder of remember, yeah, I'm here. The world is cruel, the world is wicked, and all that kind of stuff. But I am the only one that will take care of you. Or mother knows best. Or mother knows best. Mother. You know, all, all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And again, but she can't, like, she knows when to step back because she's not going to push Bo away completely because she desires to be loved. She wants to be the object of somebody's love. And the only one that can, that loves her in her mind is Bo. Pretty much. It's, um... I mean, it's tragic. Like that's that's practically the end of the movie. Um, that that's the end. That's definitely no, no. Yeah, it is. There's no post credit scene. There's no MCU uh, spin at the end. Um, thank God, there's not. Um, there's no there's no Kong the Conqueror coming back from the dead. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, from there it just kind of it makes you reflect. Like again, I, this is a movie that I kind of want to see again. I don't know if I could sit through the entire movie for three. I, I already have this thing about rewatching movies that I've already seen, but uh, this is a movie that I would want to see again because it made me think this much uh, after the movie, and I feel like I'll pick up on things watching the movie again. Um, I can watch I, this one again for I sure. Can, right. Yeah. Right. This is a like and, for me to watch a movie again. It has to be like a pretty good movie and or like I would say a very interesting movie. And this is definitely a very interesting one. movie. Yeah, this is definitely this one movie that I could easily watch again. And I know I'm going to go like come out of the movie theater with a very different. Perspective. Oh, yeah, I could have a different perspective, too. You know, having watched this movie a second time, uh, and, I, and I think that's the fun in, in watching it. Um, and I guess it ultimately comes down to now, like, you know, how do you compare it to Ari Oster's other flicks? I mean, I can only compare it to Hereditary, two very different films. Um, if you want straight horror, you watch Hereditary. Uh, if you, <laughs> if you want horror comedy, but the comedy done in the vein of like, it's absurd what's going on but it's unsettling at the same time you watch Bo is afraid. Um, some people, uh, and the thing is, I feel like people's uh, reception to the movie is going to be different 
Um, some people are not going to like this movie yeah. in the sense that it's too long. What's going on? It I don't is like his longest film of the three. I'm pretty right. sure. Right. And because of just how crazy certain things go, like some people, like I said earlier, if you don't give yourself to the movie, that you're probably not gonna have a good time. You're gonna feel those three hours. You're like, definitely gonna movie... feel it in that in that uh, theater play. Cause that theater play, even though I gave myself to it, that theater play in, in the forest, that in a way almost took me out. Cause I'm like, I, it just lasted too long. It was like a good 20, 15, 20 minutes. And I'm like, Jesus, uh, I get it. It's, 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 it's telling me something about what Bo's life could have been, but let me get back to Bo. Let me get back to the, uh, the, um, the, 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 the present. Um, but again, some people really love the theater scene. I've seen some reception of the theater scene. People really like it. I like, I Not like me. Yeah. I liked it. Um, it was really well done. Like the animation that they used there. All oh, yeah, that, that was good. That was, was good. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, like this is a very, very interesting movie. Honestly, uh, I think I saw the trailer of this like a week before. I think I saw like one, like the first trailer once, that came out. And I was like, I didn't know what to expect, you know? Right. Uh, I went to the movie and I was, yeah, like, it, uh, it's it's definitely a movie that you're you're not gonna go there just to let's say have some popcorn and just like sit back and relax it's not that type of movie um and that's why i can feel that like some people are not gonna like it you know it's not everyone's vibe um it's a movie that's going to if as as you said if you kind of let yourself be taken away by the by the movie and go along with the ride. It's a hell of an experience. It's a roller coaster. It it's is. a it is an emotional roller coaster. This movie, um, but you have to be willing to let yourself go for the ride. Right, right, Grandmaster. Let me. I know you don't like doing these, but. Uh... You're the only one oh, here. Oh, you're going to ask me to rank them? I want you to, to rank, rank the trilogy of Ari Aster right oh. here, right now. I don't want to hear it. They're so different. What can they I They are. They are completely different. I, I want you to right now, bam, rank them. Because you're the uh, only one here that's watched all three. Oh, 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 goodness. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to the horror films, because I, I would put all these as horror, obviously varying horror degrees. genre. Varying subgenres, different subgenres. Right. Um, what it comes down to is which one do I not want to watch again? Because it freaked me out so much that I don't it's too much for me. So number one being I will never watch this again, right? So three, I put Bo's afraid. I can easily watch this film again. Think as y'all said, you could pick it apart, find things you missed the first time and make better sense of kind of what's going on. Two, I put it hereditary because hereditary, I like a good scare. I think hereditary is definitely scary. Um, and three, I'm sorry, number one, Midsummer. I will never watch that movie again. I'm that telling you traumatic. right now, um, it's too real. It's too real for me. It's uh, Midsummer. 
Midsummer hits like a fucking truck. Yeah, no. I, I will never watch that movie I, again. I'm... Yeah, when it comes to, like, horror... Like, I am not a horror guy. And they're, like, very select horror flicks that... I, like, for a horror flick to, like, impact me, it has to be, like, really good. Or very, like, disturbing. One of those, it's, like... Midso I would say Midsummer is one of them. And the other one's, like, The Shining. Uh, those are, like, traumatic horror movies. Right. Uh, but, yeah, like... I like... But... I think I didn't see Hereditary, so I would have to see it. Uh, but if I, I loved Bo was uh, Bo was afraid. I honestly loved it. it I'm I love mindfuck movies. This was I love mindfuck, definitely I love mind, in that vein. I love mindfuck series. I love mindfuck movies. This is one of them, <laughs> and I loved it. Let me let me ask you both this: Do you see this? At, do you see this as um, Joaquin Phoenix's uh, second feat for Oscar bait potentially, or I mean, or, or, or maybe even the film in general as Oscar bait? I can see. I can see this. I don't. I can see this movie being nominated. I can see it being nominated. Yeah, I can see this movie. Obviously, I don't know what other movies are uh, are going to come up come out that are you know Still got the rest of the year yeah we got a, like i know sisu is coming out this weekend and sisu critics are raving about that movie like it's john wick meets mad max from what they're saying um so i can easily see this movie being nominated because like it's such an intricate movie the way uh, the way it's the way it's filmed like the script everything and the plot itself you know everything the screenplay everything it's it's so intricate and Joaquin Phoenix needless to say always kills it Joaquin yeah. Phoenix Joaquin Phoenix is just honestly like right now one of the best actors you're going to see on the big screen like like at this moment in time yeah, no, I I agree. Grandmaster, you were gonna say, um, no, I think uh, I honestly I think this movie is probably gonna get overlooked, and we talked about this in uh, I think the Oscars post uh, hmm. pod where horror often gets overlooked. True. Uh, I brought up in defense of Get Out as being a giant hit at the Academy Awards to where it was nominated Best Picture. Mm. director actor and screenplay and it took home screenplay i could see this potentially getting a screenplay um i can see it getting best actor and you know what you know what surprised me a lot about this movie so i went to the to see it and the theater was packed oh our theater was, no, our theater was empty. empty no like mine was packed on a third like on a thursday i think like what like 6 p.m something like that no wait i think i saw it yeah thursday at around 6 p.m ish something like that or 9 p.m ish it was pretty full in my like at least here in chicago um so like a lot of people or like there was like a fan there was like a fan base or like a following of this movie beforehand 
Uh, so that kind of surprised me, but yeah, maybe it was just like very small sample size here, right? Um, I can see it for sure. Screenplay, it's going to get nominated. That I have no doubt whatsoever. I feel it can be one of those dark horses of nominations. As in one of those dark horses of the movies in the year that will be nominated. I'm not saying it's going to win Best Picture, right? Uh, oh, right. Yeah. It's like one of those movies that I can see it getting nominated and justifiably so. I'm 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 not gonna it's still very early oh, in yeah, 2023. I, I so I but I'm I'm not gonna say it's a for sure thing. I can see it getting in screenplay, but also I mean, yes, Joaquin is good. However, I feel we've seen varying degrees of this Joaquin Phoenix before. Although, uh, granted, he, I think, wait, is it, is it going to be in 2024? He has another movie coming out, I think, Napoleon. That is coming out this year, I'm pretty sure. So, Napoleon, mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, when it comes to Joaquin Phoenix, uh, I would stay tuned for that movie. And that movie kind of draws in a, a little bit into what, like, Oscars like. Yeah, it's probably Oscar-baited, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, we'll but people can nominate... I think it's rare, but I think people can be nominated for more than one movie. It's very rare. Yep. Uh, I I'll have to look that up. Um, but you but know, but we we like and just like going a little bit into the funny side. Well, we already know one Oscar winner for sure. This Ant Man. Year. No. Peaches, peaches. peaches. <laughs> I'm not even oh going God. to say that because. <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, you know, I think Bo is Afraid is definitely a contender. I think this is a film for people to go out and see. And, again, people have been asking, how was that? I just, just go watch it. That's yeah. I think that's... Go I along mean, if, for the ride. Go if, blind. If people have listened to us talk about this much, I would have hoped they already watched it. I really um, if not, I hope we inspired you to watch it. Because just talking about it, I feel is not enough. There is a visual component that should elevate everything that we've said and then some so go watch this film give us your opinion let us know what you think about Bo is afraid uh potential early oscar contender uh third outing for ari aster and joaquin phoenix at his best so go check out Bo's afraid but without further ado folks that's it from us here at the yonko table on Bo is Afraid. I'm your host, Grandmaster Hoop, fellow Yonko, Dr. Jace Attorney, Supernova, Dr. Mondo. Uh, we invite you to go follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thank you for already listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and varying podcast stations. And of course, again, we love to hear from you. Check us out on Discord and join the discourse there. Uh, and then, yeah, we'd love to hear what you think about Bo is Afraid. Um, how shall we close this out? Um, well, I'm afraid to leave you. Do, 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 do. You'll always be my baby. <laughs> <laughs>